in a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week, I'm so excited to have the one and only Alison Bird with us. She's a digital creator. She's a money minister and a conscious voice alchemist. And she's helping other creators create, generate impact and income with integrity. Alison, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited for the inspiration that we get to share, the laughter that we get to share, and hopefully the lives that we get to help transform because of this time and space that we have together. That's, that's the, the initial download. Let's go with that. I love it. Um, would you let us know the chapters of your life to get to where you are today? You've got a very rich life. I have, you know, I look at my life, I'm 46 years old at the time that, that we're recording this newly 46. And I'm so excited about my reality. You know, when I look at the reality that I get to live today, um, as a coach and minister for some of the world's most influential leaders, you know, um, they're content creators, they're authors, they're New York Times bestselling authors, they're um, politicians, they're movie makers, uh, they're philanthropists and coaches and ministers. And I always wanted to be an influential person. I just didn't know that I would become an influencer to influencers. And that really is a description of my life. I live this God-sized reality where the divine says to me, what do you want? Uh, let's 10X that. And I've always had that magnetism with my reality. And it's put a spotlight on me all of my life. When I was a little girl, my dad left my life at a very young age. And I miss him, even though I don't remember knowing him. I've missed him. I've missed what I thought his voice would sound like. I've missed what I thought his encouragement would sound like, the texture of his, you can do it, Allison. I'm proud of you. I love you. I've always loved that about you. You've always been charismatic and bright and smart. You've always been a magnet. Like I wanted to hear my dad say those things but I didn't get that. So something changed in me, being a little girl that didn't get that, and then being an adolescent that didn't receive that, and then being a young woman, and then growing into an adult woman. It put this grit inside of me that said, I don't want any human that has felt what I felt, the rejection, the abandonment, and then subsequently, what comes after feeling rejected and abandoned is you start to feel the presence of shame. So now you're walking around anchored. And when I felt those weights, Olga, it felt to me like I didn't matter. I felt like, uh, I guess I should just hide. 
And that's when I learned that I had a superpower, an ability to bury myself inside of my body. And I did that to the tune of 345 pounds was my maximum weight that I can recall. And a lot of people would say, oh my God, that was so harmful. There's so much you did to your, your joints, your body, your blood, your, your, your organs, the pressure. And that's true. That's true. And that's where I say grace and mercy come in because divine let me receive my lesson without permanent damage to my body. And I say that because somebody listening could be listening to me and going, damn, her reality sounds perfect. If I were only to describe my resume, if I were only to describe my bio, if I were only to describe what Forbes wrote about or USA Today or my Amazon Prime special, if I were only to talk about the 10,000 plus students across more than 50 uh, countries um, that span across more than 20 industries, generating $330 million across this globe, that sounds big because it is. But I think it's important that I talk about what drove me to create those, what built this character, this resilience, this unapologeticness that's me, because a lot of people think, oh, it must be the mindset training that you did. And oh, it must be the hundreds of thousands that you've invested in coaches and mentors. And it must be A or B or C. No, it's exactly what you're living. It's exactly the disappointment. It's exactly the grief. It's exactly the loss. It's exactly the overwhelm, the financial overextension. It's exactly the fact that I was undereducated and underrepresented in corporate rooms that made me say, hmm, what if I'm meant to go first? What if, what if that's my job? What if my job is to be the first to be the one to open doors? And what if it's my job to find other firsts that have opened doors for me and for others? And what if I can find a pattern? And what if I find those people who hold those patterns, who also demonstrate new philosophies that give me access that I otherwise would not have had? And what if those new philosophies help me dissolve my old paradigms and my ancient problems? What if that is real? And so when you ask me what helped me build the chapters of my reality from what, what the world would look at and say, I was nothing, you know, raised on food stamps, um, didn't have a lot in our financial bank account. Uh, but let me tell you something, we had love and we had belief and we had tribe and we had village. And I had people all around me that said, baby, you don't talk like everybody else. Maybe you should speak. Baby, you got a vocal tone that everybody else doesn't have. We like it. We think maybe you should use it more. And they gave me the microphone at three years old. And I was winning speech competitions by the time I was five and six and seven. And so now to be 46 years old and to work with leaders to have channeled in this consciousness called Spotlight Energetics that helps humanity thrive in the spotlight, live in abundance of energy and income. That's right. That feels right. 
because of what I've walked through, what I've overcome, and what I get to expand in my present day reality. So I have a massive career, but I have an even greater heart. My heart is big. I love humans. If I get in an Uber, I'm going to hear that driver's story. I'm going to know what's going on with their kids, their mother, what's happening. You know, do they need something that I need to touch and agree with them on to manifest for their life? Because they might not meet another human who knows this much of their power that day. And so I'm incredibly benevolent with my energy. Uh, I'm a deep listener. And um, I have a lot of fun and I'm hoping to receive more adventure in my life because I've spent so much of my adventure energy building business and building career and launching other leaders and helping them create what they were creating, writing their books and building their events. And now I'm ready for more time in the sun, more time in the forest, more naked dancing under the moon. And I'm grateful. I feel like I've earned that. I feel like I've tapped into something that is aligned for me. And I'm excited to share more of this way that I think with more of the world. Alison, what you just said at the end that you now want adventure and you deserve it. And you're giving yourself that permission. But most people who get to this point in life where you are and have worked so hard to get build on all those chapters and get here, they kind of feel like if they step out, we'll lose that momentum. They will not, they will step out of that um, spotlight that you were saying, no, there's a code for spotlight. How are you giving yourself that grace and that permission to say, I can do this. I can enjoy my feminine energy and my natural childlike energy. And at the same time, keep on serving people. Yes. Really great question. Thank you for asking me that way. Uh, you know, I grew up in the Christian church and a lot of us that grew up in North America grew up under colonized faith, which basically says there's a God in heaven and that God in heaven determines whether you're, you know, good or bad and whether you can go to heaven or hell. Now, I no longer subscribe to that consciousness. I believe that if you live with goodness in your heart, goodness is what will meet you over and over and over again. And I believe that we all live cycles in life, grief and loss, devastation, sadness, uh, fear, uh, all kinds of things come on our path. However, if we give ourselves as much consciousness as we can to receive that experience through goodness, you know, my mother choosing that she didn't want to be in this realm anymore. Oh my God, I was very close to my mom. That was very difficult when my mom died, very difficult. Uh, my partner that I believed I would marry saying, I need to go another way and I need to choose the path of sovereignty and healing for me and it's without you. And me wanting to go, wait, wait, we got therapists, we got access, we got ayahuasca, we got plant medicine, we got, no, 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 don't go, don't go, don't go. Attachments, learning all of those things, my dog, that I'd had since he was 90 days old, cosmically said to me, I have an assignment with another family. I said, my dog, <laughs> are you kidding me? And I reached out to a, a quantum pet communicator, facilitated the conversation. My dog knew the exact family they wanted to go to. I said, bring the family to me. Happened to be my money manager's neighbor that I've never met in my life. And that, and now my 
former dog is blessing their reality, blessing their family, doing his job. What allows me to live that reality? What allows me to let go and surrender? And why did I bring up my Christian faith at the beginning? Because there's a scripture that I learned when I was a little girl in that Christian faith, Ephesians 3.20. And it says, God will do exceeding abundant above all you can ask, imagine, or think according to his power that worketh within us, the collective. So when I translate that into new consciousness, I think of it this way. When you are in your God power, your good power, also known as the spotlight, the spotlight will hold you. That's the responsibility of the spotlight, not us holding it. And I grew up like most people, when God gives me a blessing, oh, I got to hold it. I got to take care of it. No, the blessing holds me. That's what makes it a blessing. If I got to hold the blessing, it ain't no blessing. And my girlfriend says it this way, whatever God gives, it never needs batteries. So if I'm receiving from God and I got to put batteries in it, that didn't come from God. And I got to check that out. <laughs> so when you say, how do I lean back? I'm in Ephesians 3.20, exceeding abundant above all I could ask, imagine, or think according to the power that works within the collective. What power in the collective am I going to pay attention to? Am I going to be in the political power of division and separation? Am I going to be in the power of racism and ageism? Am I, or am I going to be in the power of love? unity, connection. What am I going to focus on? Because whatever I focus on is what is going to flow to me. And whatever flows to me is what I feel financially rich in, energetically or physically hardened, condensated riches, I'm going to feel based on what I focus on. So it's taken me many years to receive these truths through myself to try them on in my own life. It was scary, Olga. I was like, so afraid to try to be blessed. Like, uh, I would rather work six weeks all night and all day, have a guaranteed event where I know I can produce a million dollars in three days because I know I can do it because my core wound is I could fuck it up. But if I dare to go into the core wound and receive healing and alignment, then I don't have to work all day and all night for six weeks. I don't have to produce an event through resentment and resistance and fear and overwhelm. And I can just get a text message on my phone that says, do you want to come over to uh, Italy to speak to this group of A and one and two and B and C. And probably over the next six months, I'm going to see that ripple into a million dollar opportunity through relationships, connections, et cetera. And I only had to be myself. It's taken me a lot of years to receive that, but that's where I am. And that's why I teach what I teach today. Is this what you teach when you act as a money, money minister? Oh, as a money minister, it's really not something that I teach. You know, it really is a frequency that I hold. And I work with people that that 
make and receive a lot of money. So they know how to make money in the marketplace, just like I do. And then they also know how to receive money through connections, opportunities. You know, we were talking about real estate before we started um, recording. And, you know, once you tap into real estate and connections and things just start rippling and working for you, uh, they can. And then they can also tear down and <laughs> take away in the same breath. And sometimes humans who are navigating big money energetics, they need a money minister. They need someone that can just help them distill the frequencies of the conversations that they've been having over and over, the negotiations, the what it does to your nervous system, what it does to your belief and your imagination system. And so they may be trying to imagine something that's never occurred before, and they need someone that can hold that energetic with them. So I'm not going to coach them on what to do. I'm not going to strategize with them on what to do, but I'm going to help them hold the frequency to receive the clearest channel. So who would use me for some something like that. We saw this in history with Steve Jobs when he would work with someone on launching a new product for Apple. You know, I want to launch it in this year. I want to launch it at this time. I'm feeling this way about it. And so a money minister just comes and holds the space so that that ideator can then co-create in the most opulent energetic field possible for them. Fascinating. Okay. What about conscious voice alchemist? Okay, so this is really great because we see all over the world that source, I call source uh, divine intelligence, divine order. Some people say Allah, which is a really great way that sound Allah calls upon the divine in a way that basically says, I'm humble, I'm lower than what I'm saying. So some people say Allah, some people say God or Buddha, Buddha representing that peace, that, that peaceful energy that just is. Uh, some people say Christ, consciousness, that I amness. And I like to say all those distinctions because it doesn't matter what you believe, we share the same root belief as long as you believe in love. And a lot of people are receiving the activation from love to speak right now. It is time to speak their truth to power. A lot of humanity has alchemized their life stories. They were beaten. They survived cancer. Uh, they might have been tormented or, or they might have built businesses, lost businesses, overcome it. They've got something to say. They know about AI, spiritual technologies, uh, uh, computer technologies, medicines, all kinds of things. And so as people are being activated to speak, what they want is the skill, how do I be a good speaker? And then after they tap into the skill of speaking, they then feel responsible to do what, Olga? Hold the blessing. I've now tapped into this skill. I got to hold it. I felt responsible too until I learned for the blessing to hold me. So that's how I downloaded Spotlight Energetics, which is to be held by the spotlight. How do you stay held by the spotlight? You alchemize your voice. You alchemize your chords. My voice didn't sound like this 10 years ago, not only because of age, but because of the stories I tell myself within myself. So when I was 10 years ago, I told myself I was fat, 
I told myself I wasn't beautiful. I told myself that the microphone qualified me. I told myself that I was leavable. All of that was in my vocal cords. So even when I got on the microphone and said, you can be, do, and have it all, which I believed, and when I got on the microphone and taught people, this is how you make money, this is how you build a business from zero to nothing, this is how all of that was true and real, and guess what else? I was also sewing into the audience, I'm fat, I'm unlovable, I'm rejectable, I'm not worthy, I'm this, because it was held in my vocal tenor to myself. So today I work with leaders who know I've got some gooey stuff going on on the inside and I'm out podcasting, I'm on YouTube, I'm on stages and I don't want to sow this out into the world. I want to only sow the highest of me. How do I alchemize my story, my lived experience, what comes across my vocals through my patterns, my philosophies, what I reflect out into the world. And I work with leaders to purify that. Do you see a common pattern between all those leaders? Like when you were saying like, oh, then they want to hold the blessing. Is there something else that you see across the board that is like, yes. oh, I, I help you remove this? Yeah, the number, there, there are several energetics, but a premium energetics is one of people pleasing. Because so many of us learned to please through the lens of how we saw our parents or our adult uh, caregivers respond when we said something displeasing or we saw them get displeased. We learned not to do that. We take those people pleasing energetics to our relationship with source. And so instead of being honest with source and saying, oh, wow, you know, let's just say I got this opportunity. It feels good, but it's not what I really love. We hold it and we start going, oh, I better be good to source. Otherwise, source is going to treat me like my mother did and throw a tantrum or close the door on me or not talk to me or not take me to get my favorite toy. And so we bring that. Does that make sense? We bring that from our past. And we, we, we install it as a computer program into our present. And then before we know it, we're faking our relationship with source and we feel separate. It's deeply overwhelming. When that happens, I've noticed the energetic of self erasure. A lot of humans, once we start creating success, we start to feel we're not necessary because success is pretty boring. Once success takes off, it's very rhythmic, you know, and, and, and uh, what's the word I want to say? Uh, systematic, you know, it goes A, B, C, one, two, three, especially once you sell a business, once you sell an idea. So you can start to feel erased and if you have spent so much time building the business, you've probably spent less time building relationships. So once you get your time back and you come back into the relationships, the relationships have learned a pattern of pretty much dealing with your assistance and your resources. Because you've probably outsourced a lot to them like, oh, talk to Sally, she'll get a handle for you. What money do they need? Yes. We're going on vacation where I'll be there, you know? And so then you feel erased and now you're in the middle of living this gorgeous miracle, but it don't feel like no miracle. 
It feels like you set yourself up for something you don't know how to come back from. And that's where a lot of humans who live in the spotlight find themselves with the energetics of wanting to kill themselves or take their lives. I have lived with those energetics many, many, many times. And now when they show up, I understand, oh, I've erased myself. I used to think I really wanted to end my life. But now I understand it's a witness. It's my highest consciousness going, baby girl, pay attention. You've erased yourself. You're, you're not giving yourself what you need. And I give myself three things now, stillness, silence, and solitude. Any way that I can gift myself spaciousness helps me want to stay alive and helps me want to stay with a life worth living, which is work less, live more. As you're saying those words, I'm thinking about almost the, the paradox of every entrepreneur and creator online that we get into this business because we have a mission. We want to help others and we want to bring our creations to life. And then as the businesses get more successful, you, the, the, the creative part of you is the part, in my opinion, that gets the mostly erased. Suddenly you become a manager of business, a CEO. Uh, you know, you are like putting fires here and there, but you're not creating anymore. And I think that that's part of the whole disconnect that a lot of people feel like, I don't really even want to get that successful because I know what's waiting for me on the other side of the six or seven figures is a lot of monotonous, menial work that creators and people who really want to help the world feel like, I don't really want to do that anymore. Is that what you're seeing? I see that. And I see that there's a way to solve for that. You know, I remember when I was 345 pounds and I told my trainer when I hired her, I don't want to get too skinny. And she said, well, why don't we lose five pounds first? <laughs> like, why don't we, you 345 pounds, you don't want to get too skinny, ma'am. We're going to need to have a beginning. And I think when people say, I don't want to be too successful, it's like, let's get a win under your belt first. And what most of us don't do is evaluate the success. And I want to say this with so much generosity and grace. Apply the double G's to everything, generosity and grace, generosity of time, generosity of attention, generosity of focus. Look at your wins. If I would have known, yes, this is how I want to say this. The generosity of grace that I want to put in the space is a lot of times we go, if I would have known, but we don't know. And that's what it's meant to be, is adventurous and playful, not definitive and rigid. And what made business so exciting for me at the beginning was I had nothing to lose. And the truth of the matter is, as I continued to grow, I had nothing to lose. How do I know? Because I lost it all and I still stood. <laughs> I'm still standing. I lost it all and rebuilt it, actually feel like I'm in the middle of a rebuild. And I remember uh, years ago going to a T. Harv Ecker. Have you ever read any of T. Harv Ecker's work? Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, right? Yes. And do you remember when he did like a whole tour? Like you could go to one in any city, any, any state for like ever. And I remember going to one and the man that was leading told this story about making millions and losing it all. And... Olga, if I don't tell you, I judge that man. I was in my early, I had to be 30, 34. And my mother was sitting next to me. And I remember tapping her and I folded my arms and I said, guess who ain't never going to be him? Me. <laughs> you know, I said, that's, 
never going to happen to me. Once I make this money, baby, listen, I'm going to hold on to it. And I remember sitting with my attorney and him saying to me, you're going to have to tell your staff that there are six more weeks and then everybody will be let go. And I flashed back to that 34-year-old me that said, hmm, it ain't never going to happen to me. And what I know for sure is that it did occur for me because I didn't give myself permission to reflect. Every single win was a battery and an electric charge to go get another win. I was in a toxic patriarchal pattern of pursuit on pursuit on pursuit. And as a reflection, erased myself, buried myself in my body, 345 pounds, fibroids in my uterus. Um, My entire skin and jawline was covered in acne. It was terrible. My back was covered in acne. My lower half of my body was steeped in inflammation. I was double pronating on both sides of my feet. Thank God Gary Vaynerchuk came out and started wearing Vans on stage because it gave me permission to change up. (laughs) Thank God for Gary. Um, Four teeth fell out of my mouth decayed out of my mouth. I was dying, telling the world you can be, do, and have it all. And I wasn't even present that I had not defined all for myself. So you asked me, do I see it as a systemic breakdown? The answer is yes. What do I see as the solve? You must define success for yourself. And as success continues to come to you, reflect on what you liked and what you didn't like and give back to the universe what you don't like. Let go of the excess. I was afraid to do that. When the universe would give me a man that... I loved being in relationship with, but eh, he just didn't hit the spot. I didn't know how to just say, you know what universe? I love this and this and this about that union. And these are the things that I desire more. Let me bless and release him so that I can receive what is mine. I was scared I wouldn't ever receive what was mine. So I tell humans today, that's the work that we've got to do is not to erase the fear, but to master dancing with it and allow it to be our teacher so that it can light our paths and show us into the next lesson. Fear is a great concierge. It will literally usher you right into your next lesson and right into your answered prayers. But too many of us are too busy being afraid of it. And the fact that it hangs out with all of us so much and the fact that every scripture, whether it's Course in Miracles, whether it's the Quran, whether it's the Book of Mormon, all of it tells us surely goodness and mercy shall be with you every single day of your life. So fear will be in one hand and goodness and mercy will be at your back. And hopefully you have enough sense to put this hand on somebody that can help you keep going forward, you know?
Mm, Alison, this is mind blowing. This is so incredible. Everything that you're sharing for those of us who are listening to us and they're like, well, I'm no author, I'm no leader, but I still want to be in Alison's presence. And I want to hear, like you say, you have a very specific way of thinking of the world and then expressing it, which is so beautiful. How can people access your world and work with you even at a lower sort of entry level? Yeah, you know, we're creating those right now um, because I was in a real egotistical rise for a while. And I'm unapologetic about saying that because some human listening to me right now may need to hear that in order to give themselves permission to deselect it, you know? And I wanted to be the top billing coach. I wanted to be black and high school dropout, and I'm one of the top billing coaches in my industry. Oh, man, talk about that patriarchal toxic. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I wanted it, and I got myself there a quarter of a million dollars to work with me for half a year. I was so excited. And then I dealt with the energetic of what that was. And I didn't want to stay there. And so about a year ago, I went into deep work with a shaman and I felt this calling inside of me. And I don't even like to, I used to not, thank you, spirit is helping me reframe this right now. I used to not like to say I lowered my prices, but I did. I was guided. And I was told that was an egotistical gain. You wanted it. You have suffered the karma from what it took for you to get there. Man, man, some painful decisions. And it was not even a, it was partially received miracle and partially manipulated manifestation. And anyone who's listening going, how do you know the difference? Oh my God, when you work too damn hard. That's how you know. When you're holding the blessing, that's how you know you got in and start cooking with God. You're like, oh, hold on. Let me put some salt in your the way. I got this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And so I'm excited. I've you know, really felt called to, I felt called to lower my prices. I felt called to enhance the amount of leaders I was working with on a monthly basis. So now I work with 10 leaders consistently, which feels like a really sweet reward for my reality. And right now we're working on um, low barrier of entry, you know, under $500 kinds of things. And under $100, you know, we, I just created something on how, as a spiritual leader, I got to my first half a million dollars. And I made that available for $33, you know, so that I could teach people, you know, and it's the five money agreements that I had to make within myself. Um, and I also teach from the come from as a black and brown leader, as a leader that was considered in the margin, a marginalized leader under education underrepresented and underestimated by the world. And um, so I'm really grateful that now I have not only the bandwidth and the life force and the vitality and energy to do it, but I have the depth of heart 
and the compassion. Because if you would have heard me teaching five years ago, I'd be like, you don't have money to win. No, it would have been longer than five years ago. It would have had to be eight years ago, eight years ago. I would say, you don't have the money to invest. Go make the money. Find your way to invest. Like I was a very, I, my compassion wasn't there because I hadn't lived what I've lived today. And now today I'm like, you don't have it. I get why you don't have it. I don't just understand, I overstand. Let me make sure I have free resources. Let me make sure I have a $20 resource. Let me make sure, because I've been at every level. So you can invest with me at no dollars and you can invest with me at 100,000 because I've been at all of every level between zero to 100, I've been there. And it takes that kind of leader to show up for others in that way. So I tell people, find me on Instagram, Find me on YouTube. That's where we're really blowing up my, my messaging and, and I'm feeling guided to demonstrate more of these truths. I have the most fun idea that's coming into the marketplace for my YouTube show. It's the most badass idea as a spiritual teacher. We can't share it yet, but I'm so stoked for it. I'm going to have so much fun and um, I'm going to have even more feelings and sensations for reasons to live and to create for others. So I tell people, yeah, follow me on Instagram, follow me on YouTube. I'm a very findable human. I'm a beacon of light. I uh, thrive in the spotlight. So you can always find me, always. <laughs> and, and for those of you, that the four people out here that don't know Alison Bear, she is everywhere. Like she was asking me at the beginning, how do you find me? And I'm like, how could I not find you, Alison? You have done an incredible uh, work, job of putting yourself out there for the world to see you. And I want to acknowledge you for becoming that leader that lets more people have access to to your teachings because this has nothing to do with money this has to do with whether we can get more people into those codes that you've been able to access and then help them keep on climbing into this new space that humankind is moving into so i really want to acknowledge that's a huge step forward for someone that has had it all has been with everyone and to say hey I'm still going to turn around and give access to everyone. So in that note, you do go to her Instagram, amazing videos. And she does have a shop there where you can buy her programs and, and hopefully keep on expanding this consciousness that you are creating, Alison. So amazing. So we're getting to the end. And I have to ask you the two questions that I ask all my guests. The first one is, where do you see your next great chapter in this wonderful life of yours that you're creating? Yeah, I'm in it. I'm in this great chapter. I'm in it. In this chapter of my life, I receive a life partner that is aligned and beautiful, that is soft and present, that is strong and demonstrative. In this chapter of my life, I travel to countries not to work, uh, but to receive, uh, not to work, but to serve. Um, in this chapter of my reality, I don't hold the microphone. I am the microphone. I am embodied even more richly into the mastery of my voice as medicine to heal and offer healing to our world. So I'm in it. I've, you know, downloaded this methodology called Spotlight Energetics because source is amplifying the voice of those who are willing to speak. 
And there are so many rewards that come with living in the spotlight. Not only do you live a broader, wider, more strengthened significance, but your success is so richly inevitable that you just sit there and go, all right, the next thing is just going to roll up. You know, it's just going to roll up. So even you said to me, like, wow, you said yes to me so fast. I said, because my blessings come to me. So I know when you pull up, you were sent. I don't distrust. I don't double dutch. I'm not reading your bio, checking for your numbers. I don't care if you have one follower. If you showed up, it's because you are an answer to my prayer. And I honor all people in that way. So beautiful. Um, And where do you see the world's next great chapter? The next great chapter is everyone is going to begin to see the way that they release medicine into the world. Everyone is going to see. For me, my part of the world is helping humans who release their medicine as speakers, as creators. They use their vocals. They use their writing. They use their intellect. Um, they're, uh, you know, content creators, digital marketers, authors, book writers, publishers, agents, all those kinds of things. However, I think that people are going to see their medicine in all kinds of ways. I believe that those who teach us physical fitness, those, um, I believe that doctors, I'm working with one, two, three different kinds of doctors right now. And they're wanting to reform medicine. Education is going to change. So I believe that everyone is looking at how does my medicine make a difference for the industry that I'm meant to impact in all areas. And we're going to see because the cosmos is deepening its reflection of love out into our world, we're going to see us go into some really beautiful, soft seasons. And a lot of people are going to think that's not happening because it's going to look scary first. They're going to look at political climates like go up, especially here in North America. They're going to see wars. We're going to see famine. Those things are going to make us afraid. But if we look at history, We know those things have always existed and it is up to us, those who have helping hands, healing hearts, you know, and are tapped into divine mind. If we stay focused on what divine mind is inviting us to focus on, we can make an impact for those things. But if we stay focused on those things, then we will not receive our flow, our finances, or our freedom to ever be able to be impactful to the things in the matrix that just continue to get regurgitated by unconscious and unawakened humanity. Those of us that are awake, those of us that, you know, and when I say this sometimes with my clients, we go hashtag culty. It can sound culty to say awake, you know? (laughs) But those of us that are living with divine mind, which is basically, You don't have to believe in God, but believe in good. If you believe in good, the goodness that is you, the goodness that is others, that is more than enough. And as we start to regurgitate and recycle that out into our world, we will see our world made better. We will see our world made whole. And that is what I see for the new era, which is everyone mastering their medicine for how they want to offer it into our world. And for me, 
I'm the healer that helps those who are bringing their medicine through their voice so that they are speaking and they are writing in service to all that is, and they get to make millions in the process. And I'm that human that gets to show them that way. What a beautiful way to put it. What a beautiful way to end it. I think that everybody's gift is the medicine that they carry inside, which we all have. We just haven't gotten in touch. And I believe that when you awake, it's literally just realizing, oh, this is the medicine that I have for the world. Like you said, am I a writer? Am I God's pencil? That's what I'm going to do. Am I going to create courses to help other people? That's my medicine. Knowing that there is someone in this world like you who is helping others find their voice, their helping hands, their strength is so beautiful. So thank you so much for gifting us your presence today, Alison. It's been amazing having you here. Thank you. I love your platform. I love what you're up for. Thank you for being obedient to the own whispers that were in your heart. And look, we did it. <laughs> thank you so much, Alison. You're such a blessing. And I hope to that our paths cross again soon. Absolutely, they will. <laughs> see you soon. And to everyone else, I'll see you next week. Aloha. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter, and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.